Good morning, Restoration Church. Oh, I know we can do a lot better than that. Uh, good morning. Yeah, good. good morning, Restoration Church. All right, we represent the King of Kings this morning, and I'm excited. Um, I love baseball, and so I'm kind of like um, the cleanup, if you will, with the uh, pastoral roster. And so I'm excited to uh, preach God's word this morning. So just a little bit of a, a shout out to uh, the Plymouth campus and the Londonderry campus and, of course, the uh, Dover campus. Um, we're just so excited to be in the house of the Lord and we are ready. Are you ready to hear and to absorb and to feed on God's word this morning? Amen. Amen. Let's do it. Amen. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Luke chapter 19. We're going to be starting in verse 1. And uh, Pastor Chris, a couple of weeks ago, spoke that we have a role, a role to play in the church, that everybody was created to do something in the church. And the nice thing about that is that everybody has a place. And that's what I love about the church, that there is something for everyone. And Jesus uses the analogy that we are like the body. Some of you guys are beautiful hands and well manicured fingers and and some of you are toes and and elbows and well you can go on and on but everybody has a role to play because we are the body of Christ and so you had signed up and uh, those uh, sign up uh, sheets were uh, really um, instrumental in finding a place where you fit in and then last week Pastor Andrew spoke about uh, not doing life alone not doing ministry alone, not just doing anything alone, that God created us to do it together. And that's, it is exciting to know that, that I don't have to do this on my own, that I can bank on people around me, that we can come together in order to do something great for God. We're the body of Christ. We're the church, right? And so this morning, I want to talk to you a little bit about the mission, that we have a role in the mission, and I want to put a twist on it. I don't want to talk about the mission, because I think everybody who is anybody who's been in the church for any uh, a matter, whether it's just hours or whether it is uh, uh, decades, we know that the, the, the mission of the church is to, to share the love of Jesus Christ to all people of all nations in this world that we live. Simplicity. Simplicity. But I want to talk about the response because oftentimes we get kind of hung up on that response. And so I want to talk about what we are and what can we do in order to contribute to the great mission that God has called us to do. I've entitled this morning's message, A Short Mission. A Short Mission. I was reminded this week as I was preparing that in 1999, and I know some of you are going, He's, what, how, wow, Methuselah, he's old, right? Mm, almost, almost. But in 1999, I was a youth pastor, if you can possibly think that's when I had hair. And I recall having a Friday night youth service. And I remember having this youth service and a tall, handsome young man, not me, um, came through the door could have been me, but it wasn't me, and this young man had a guitar with him, and we started to visit, and we started to spend time together, and, and as we did, we created a friendship, 
And we started to talk about theology. And there was times where theology was tough and, and, and he didn't quite understand all the ins and outs because he really didn't know who Jesus was. And this man became very popular after about a year or so. And on a Friday night visit, he finally decided, he realized that he needed something more. He needed Jesus. And that night, he gave his life to Jesus Christ. And did he ever? You see, years later, we parted ways. He graduated from high school. I moved on to New York in, in ministry with me and my family, and we kind of grew apart from things. But not so long ago, I get this, this message on Facebook, and he reconnects with me, and this is the message, the personal message that he wrote to me, and I want to share that with you this morning. He says, I wanted to thank you for giving me an opportunity to be a part of a youth group. You see, it gave me an example to follow. And teens are being ministered today largely because of your influence. I, I like to catch up and with you, and, and I remember youth group one year, and, and I kind of was disrespectful, and I called you Dan rather than Pastor Dan, and I want you to know that I'm sorry, that I know it wasn't okay even though you said it was okay. You see, I don't know if you even think about that today. But I just wanted you to know that I respect you and that I love you and I thank you for being who you are. You see, we were a crazy youth group of, a of teenagers and you guys had a lot of patience to deal with us on a weekly basis. Your love for God and his sheep has not turned void and you will have a great wealth in heaven. And he goes on to say, you were used by God to deliver me from the lion's mouth. For that, I'm in your debt. I love you. Eric. Eric was one of many that had a similar story about what God did. It had nothing to do with me. I was just a conduit of God's love, just pouring out into a, a teenage body that needed Jesus Christ so desperately on a weekly basis. Today, I want to talk to you about another encounter, an encounter with Jesus that changed a life forever. And that's the mission that I want to talk to you about this morning, the mission that God has given us. A man who was crooked, who was a thief, but yet was in a desperate place to change his life. Kind of like what we listened to earlier this morning about Oliver in a desperate place. And some of us, as we can reflect back, we can go, boy, I was in that same desperate place. Right? That was me too. You see, we as the church have chosen as Restoration Church a mission that is God's mission. And our mission is just one more. You say, well, I've heard that a million times. Well, I love that, and I can't get enough of that. Just one more. Just one more salvation. Just one more walking on the streets of gold in heaven. Just one more soul for Jesus Christ. 
And so this morning, I want to give you three principles. I'm kind of a, uh, an outline kind of a guy, so you can follow through, and hopefully you'll jot these down and kind of go through them this week. But I want to give you three principles. Jesus shows us in fulfilling the mission that he's all called us to do. All of us has this place. It's not for the pastoral staff. It's just not for me, but it's for all of us. And the first thing I want you to understand is that you need to press through when you don't measure up. When you don't measure up. Look at verse 1. And Jesus entered Jericho and made his way through the town. There was a man there named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector in the region, and he had uh, become very rich. He tried to get to a, a good look at Jesus, but he was too short, short mission, to see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore tree besides the road, for Jesus was going to pass that way. Now, this guy was just... Uh, an interesting fellow. Zacchaeus was hearing a parade of sorts and, and he wanted to know what all the commotion was all about. And so all these things were going on and, and, he, and the curiosity was just killing him. And Zacchaeus has a few strikes against him. Uh, number one, he was a tax collector. That means that the Jews hated him because he worked for the Roman Empire. They were taking things away from the Jews that they were earning at that moment. And Jericho was a tax-collecting hub for the Romans. And Jews despised this tax collector and all these tax collectors that went out throughout the land, and they called them traitors. You guys are not real Jews. You're traitors. Secondly, he was wealthy. He wasn't a hard worker, but he was a skimmer. Right? It's going to cost you three denarii. When it really was, your taxes are only two, but I'm going to take one for myself. If I'm going to have to walk all the way out to your house, guess what? Right? I'm getting paid more than I have to really uh, collect. And so people called him the worst of sinners. And thirdly, he was just outright short. Right? He was vertically challenged. And so you can imagine as the parade is going by, he was kind of like a little kid. Hey, hey, you know, I want to see this thing, you know, and he's trying to bob and weave and, and he's just not getting anywhere. Most scholars believe that the sycamore tree that he actually climbed was about 18 foot high and six foot wide. It's a big tree. And it kind of blows my mind that as he passed by and this crowd walked by, that he climbed this tree and he didn't allow the crowd or his condition to change what he wanted in life. You see, it didn't hinder, hinder him from getting a glimpse of what Jesus was about to do. I remember a time when I was in kindergarten. I was so excited. It was my first day of school, and I was preparing to get onto the bus, and I remember my mom putting me in brand new clothes, and I had brand new shoes, and man, I was just the cat's meow, and I always thought, man, I'm looking good. Yeah, as a five-year-old, I was looking good, <laughs> and I was all decked out, man, and I had my Cookie Monster name tag, 
And I was so excited, so excited because I got on the Cookie Monster bus. And I remember my first day I was going through and they had all the ABCs and I remember T as in tall teeth. And that was up there on the wall and I was like, wow, this is so cool. Miss Elke was like the bomb. She was the best teacher ever. And I remember going out. Oh, I'm like, we get to eat and snack and then we get to go play. What? And I was like excited to go out. And I remember my first encounter with the bully. Right? This little kid started to tease me and started pushing me around. And I'm like, not on the new, new shoes, you know. Mom's, you know, polished those really well. And, and started to really push me around. And I couldn't wait until that moment, that day was actually over. You see, it wasn't until the next day when I came back for school. I was waiting in the line to get back on the bus to go home. And I remember this kid's mother grabs me by the arm, pulls me out of the line, and points her finger into my face and said, I don't ever want you to tease my son again. You will never amount to anything in life. And it blew me away. Not today's age. My mom had been all over that, right? But it was just one of those moments in time where it carried, it carried not only through elementary, but through middle school and through high school. And it really wasn't until my college years that I realized that those words didn't mean a thing. That God was watching that day and that he had a greater plan, a purpose, and a mission for me to fulfill. He created me to be who I am. In the great who I am. And that day, God gave me a, m a mission to fulfill. You see, there are going to be a lot of barriers in our life that we're going to have to overcome. And that we're going to have to press through and see that God's going to help us through it. Because the mission is valuable. The mission is something that we are to die and to sacrifice for. And that circumstance is going to make us feel like we don't measure up. But God says, you know what? I've already taken care of that. I am the who I am. And I can equip you to do greater things no matter who says or what happens in your life. Come on. But God is there on the road helping us to press through. It's all about him and the mission. Pressing through when you don't measure up. Secondly, I want you to understand is put yourself out there and let's see what God can do. Let's see what Jesus will do. Look at verse 5 through 7. He says, when Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus and called him by name. Zacchaeus, he said, quick, come down. I must be a guest in your home today. Zacchaeus quickly climbed down and took Jesus into his home in great excitement and in joy. But the people were displeased. He had gone to be a guest in a notorious sinner's house, right? They grumbled. It's interesting, if I was a part of the crowd, I would be so blown away that, that in the, the hustle and bustle of the festivities that are going on, and, and literally hundreds and hundreds of people that were surrounded Jesus, Jesus picks out the guy up there. 
out of everything that's going on, people are tugging, God, Jesus, you, you know, focus on me, Jesus. I'm talking to you. One, 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 no, 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 back here, right? And all these things are going on, but yet he focuses on the little guy up into an 18-foot tree just hanging out. And what is even better, he calls him by name because he's never met him before. Come on now. That's amazing. You see, you put yourself out there and to see what Jesus can do because he already knows you by name. He already created you, and he already knows what you've been equipped with. You have been wired by the creator of the universe. Come on. There's nothing that you can't do that God hasn't already equipped you with. You see, when Jesus came by, he looked up and he knew him by name. He knew exactly what was going on and he knew his story even before he spoke it. You see, to go to someone's house is to say, I accept you and I love you just because of who you are. Not because of what you do, not because of your station in life, not because of how much money you have in the bank, not because of, and you can fill in that blank, because of you having a soul, and that's important to me. Putting yourself out there. Jesus never catered to the public whim. He never catered to the prevailing opinion. He never uh, catered to the conventional wisdom of the day. He was a trendsetter. He did things outside the box and then recreated it and then put it in the box. He was the packer of the box because he created the box. Someone said it this way. If you're not ready to be misunderstood by others, you're not ready to be used by God. We're going to be misunderstood. Zacchaeus, can you imagine in, the, in his life, in the interaction, he was misunderstood. They knew of who he was, but didn't know who he was. You see, nothing that you have is something that God needs. Nothing. He doesn't need anything from us. But, and I love this, but everything that you have is something that he can use. Come on. I want to say that because this is so powerful. Nothing that you have is something that God needs. In and of ourselves, we can't do anything in our own power, in our own skills, in our own abilities. Everything he can use because he is God. And sometimes we have to be a, a Zacchaeus and we have to climb that tree. And you know what? We have to go out on a limb. Put ourselves out there. God, here I am. What do you want me to say? What do you want me to do? How are you going to guide my life today in touching a life with your love that will make an impact for eternity? Allow Jesus to show you the real mission, even when the crowd complains to you. And that might be in your cubicle next to you. That might be actually in your workplace. That might be actually a family member. That might be a friend who just doesn't understand. It doesn't matter. Put yourself out there and Jesus will do the rest. You see, Jesus has what we need. And thirdly, present your life as a risk taker. It's, it's not enough to press through when you don't feel like you measure up. 
It's not enough to put yourself out there and to really see what Jesus is to do, but you got to take a risk. See, my life is not my own. It was bought with a price. And the nice thing about the mission is I am not my own. I'm Dan Diedrich, but I'm not my own. I'm his. And you can do whatever you want with me, however you want with me in my life. Look at verse 8. Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, I will give half of my wealth to the poor. And if I have cheated people on their taxes, I will give back not just one, but four times the amount. This is a coming to Jesus moment in Zacchaeus' life. There was a, a point of, of, of conviction, and Jesus had this place of impact. He knew who he was. He was not just a, a great prophet. He wasn't just a disciple. But here, the king of kings, the Lord of lords, the man who created the universe sits next to him. And he recognizes the divinity and the humanity of Jesus. And he says, I need to do something because I know I'm not in the right place where I need to be. And so here Zacchaeus lays the cards down on the table and he says, I got nothing. I've got nothing because it's all yours. You see, there's nothing I can't go through when I know who I belong to. Come on. There's nothing that I can't go through when I know who I belong to. You see, I'm God's. I'm everything that he wants. And so, God, make me, create me, mold me into the clayed image that you want me to be so I can be presentable to the world. You see, risk takers lay their cards on the table in order for God to take hold of them. Being available and ready are the very elements of what the mission calls us to do. Come on, church. Are you ready? We're going to the next level here this morning. God wants us to take the mission, not just know the mission. There's a huge difference. I want to be a part of the mission this morning. Amen? Amen. And I love as we kind of wrap it up a little bit. Look at verse 9. Jesus responded, salvation has come to this home today. For this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. Verse 10 says, For the Son of Man came to seek and to save those who are lost. Come on, let's give him a round of applause this morning because God is good. He's still on the throne. Jesus responded, Salvation has come to this home. And I just can't imagine that if I didn't step out in faith and say, okay, it wasn't a pastor's role. It just wasn't, okay, I, I needed to do this because I needed to collect the page. It had nothing to do with it. It was spending time with air because I knew that a soul is a soul. Air is air. And, and people need to know who Jesus is. This morning we have a, a, a kind of a, a bowl, if you will, and I'm going to ask you the question, do you think the bowl is, is full of rocks? Is it full? It's not a trick question. Do you think it's full? I think it's full, right? 
But how many know that we can do more, right? There's more to this bowl, more that we can fulfill, if you will, because the bowl represents our life. The stones represent the priorities in our life. God, what do you want me to do? What are the things that stick out to you the most that mean so much to me? Okay, my church, my family, my spouse, my children, my friends, the mission of the church, right? These are things that are important to us. God, I want to fulfill what you have for me and my life. But it's really not all that full, is it? We could always do better. But there's stuff that kind of gets in the way, doesn't it? And it starts to cloud our lives. And it kind of gets into the, the crevices of our life and, and it just kind of feels like it's full now. These are the things of life, the, the tasks, the bringing the kids to the soccer games and, 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 and work and, and all the different things that kind of cloud our lives. Do you feel it's full now? Probably not, no. This represents more of the things that we kind of add to our plate. Where the stones don't fill, the sand seems to pour through. And it seems to, to get really full really quick in our life. I'm going to shake my life a little bit. You didn't see that. Right? And all the stuff kind of settles in our life. We're busy. There's a lot of things going on. I got to pay the bills. I've got to take kids to certain events, and I've got to do this, and I've got to do that. And it seems like it's just so much in our life that it's just too much. Is it full now? No. You guys are cheating. You're, you're looking at Rachel. <laughs> right? But yet there's more to be filled More that is added to our plate. More that seems to settle in our lives. And all of this is our life in a bowl. It's kind of dirty, isn't it? But the, the point is not we can add more to our life. That's not the point. The real point is is that the priorities seem to be covered up by all the stuff of life. And oftentimes when a priority isn't focused on, such as like the mission of the church, because, you know, we are so busy with all the other things in life, and I'm such a, 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 a person, even though I'm a pastor, I fall into that trap as well. Somehow, some way, when one of the priorities gets removed, what happens to that space? It fills in quickly, doesn't it? Everything else takes over. And the mission of the church 
becomes a faded thought in our life. This morning with every head bowed and every eyes closed, God, would you restore the mission? You see, Zacchaeus went from an old crook to the new crowned Zacchaeus. God, what you did in Oliver's life, you did in so many hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people around this world. God, you changed the life because someone took a step. Someone was able to say, I'm going to be a risk taker. And someone said, I'm laying my cards on the table because I know that the mission is important. And this morning, I'm asking you to really search really deep in your heart. God, am I a contributor? Or am I somebody who is a taker? God, help me to become who you want me to be. Give me spiritual eyes to see. Because I want to see the lost. Because you came to save and to seek that which was lost. Father, I thank you and praise you for this word. I thank you for the short missions in our lives. And Father, we ask you that you would put the right people at the right time. That, Lord God, you would create a moment. That you would revolutionize a heart. That you would change a mind. That, Lord God, you would flip a life upside down. That, Lord God, we would be your conduits. You would, we would be what you have called us to be. That we would step out and see those who are important to you. Father, we thank you for our families. We thank you for all the things you're doing in our lives. And we don't, we don't put that on the back burner. But, Lord God, we thank you that we have an opportunity to go out into a world and to reach a loss, just one more, God, just one more. If you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus Christ, you say, Pastor, now I want to follow him. I want to make a decision. It's very simplistic in your heart. The Bible says just pray the prayer of faith. And if you're gonna repeat after me, the Bible says that you have faith in your heart, as small as a mustard seed, and God can change your life for eternity. Just pray this. Father, thank you for loving me right where I'm at. Forgive me for all my sins, the things that separate me from your love. Restore my relationship with you and come into my life and be the Savior and the Lord forevermore. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. God wants to create a moment. What will be the moment that you get to share this week about someone else? God bless. We'll see you next week.